Hi, I am Tingan, and this is the Parents in Tech Podcast. Welcome to Season 2, where we interview dads who are technology company leaders based in Southeast Asia. After hearing from moms in Season 1, now it's time to speak to dads who are raising kids while striving in their careers. Let's find out the stories, challenges, and advice they have for us. In this episode, we speak to Gaurav, Director of Engineering at Autodesk. Growing up in India and East Africa, Gaurav is a technology leader with 15 plus years of experience at companies such as Adobe. Throughout his career, he has also started several side projects such as an online social platform for creative professionals and edutech mobile apps and games. Gaurav is father of two children, age 11 and 6. Hey Gaurav, welcome to the Parents in Tech show. To begin with, could you tell us a bit more about your family? Thank you. Thanks for having me here. My family, I have my wife. Her name is Anukriti. I have two lovely kids. My daughter, who is 11 years old, and her name is Arshia. And my son, Shaurya, he is six years old. Wonderful. So, Gaurav, how did you and your wife meet? So, ours was an arranged marriage. So, mm-hmm. I was looking for prospective partners, going through profiles on some social media platform at the time. Mm-hmm. And I chanced on her photograph and I really liked it. I knew that she's the one. After that, we met a couple of times. We got to talk and interact with each other and we decided to tie the knot ultimately. That's wonderful. Okay, you got to tell me what kind of site was it then? Because I guess that was a while back before yeah. we had these uh, mobile apps and yeah. all of that. <laughs> Maybe can you describe to us, describe to us how did those sites look like at that point just to give us some flavor? <laughs> yeah, I think at that time the sites were pretty basic. You would have the ability to search I think based on the city or based on what characteristics you were looking for. I honestly don't clearly remember what it used to be like because things have changed drastically since then. Yep. But we also had offline mediums. Mm. So we had magazines where you could actually oh, wow. look at profiles of prospective brides and grooms and make a match. I don't think that exists anymore, though. The magazines, that's so fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so did you meet your wife through the offline channel or through the online channel? I believe we met through the offline channel, if I remember correctly. The offline yeah. channel. Yes. That's your magazines. Yes. Wow. Okay. So let's say you see certain profiles that you like. So do you pick up the phone to call? Do you write in? How does that look like? Yeah. You just pick up the phone to call. And many times it is our parents because it's an arranged system, right? So the parents would call the parents on the other side and they'll talk. If they feel like it, it looks good, then the boy and the girl would talk to each other or they'll meet and interact. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so when did children come into the picture for you and your wife? You know what? We didn't plan the kids the way we would have liked to. But the honest truth is that when we look back now, Hmm. it all turned out perfectly. So my son was born after we moved to Singapore. I think it was five, six years ago. And my daughter was born in India when we were still in India. So yeah, I don't think we would have planned anything differently now that we look at it. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like you had a certain plan, but that didn't really happen, but it turned out for the better. So maybe bring us back to more than a decade ago. What was the original plan, so to speak, and what didn't go according to plan? (laughs) Honestly, we didn't really have a big plan on the kids. Got it. It just happened. It just happened, but we are happy with where we landed. That's awesome. So I guess you had two kids. How did the number come about? Was it two? Would it be three? Did you have a discussion around that with your wife? Yeah, we did. So after the first kid, after a daughter, we 
didn't really feel that we wanted a second child mm-hmm. and then we happened to move to singapore and the second child happened and we were yes. really happy having the second child that's awesome that's awesome so i guess looking back as a dad who is you know, working in tech what's perhaps one of the biggest surprises that you have had experienced so far i as you have probably seen my profile i graduated yeah. from in a computer science background i did my bachelor's in computer science engineering mm-hmm. i've been coding for more than a decade i've been involved in technology yeah so i know how computers work i know how software is basically running the engine behind yes. everything today yes but what surprises me as a parent in tech today is that the kids are still one step ahead of us when it comes to technology mm-hmm. they may not know how to code yet but i won't be surprised if they're able to code at the age of 4 or 5 very soon we are seeing those kinds of platforms available for children young children mm-hmm. these days but even otherwise using technology my daughter for example today she's in grade 6 and she does mm-hmm. most of her class work homework on an ipad oh wow okay yeah and if you ask her to do an assignment and she has an option to do it offline or online she would be able to do it immediately on the ipad and right. she just knows how to figure it out very quickly so that's the biggest oh. surprise for me which i was not expecting especially coming from a technology background thinking that yeah. i know everything but that's not the case So so was there a particular thing that your daughter learned or picked up much faster and perhaps even maybe you wasn't expecting that or maybe you weren't even sure how to go about doing that but she was like hey dad yes yeah. I got it I figured it out So she's very passionate about art and drawing so mm-hmm. for me when i grew up obviously there were no screens at least at that time i used to like sketching too mm. but that was the traditional charcoal sketch you would have a canvas or a paper you take a pencil and you start sketching but yeah. in her case if she has to draw something or even to build a quick frame mm. for her assignment mm-hmm. she would spin up an app sketchbook or any app on her ipad and she would just have it ready within a few minutes wow and so yeah that's something that really amazed me because i haven't really learned these tools yet yeah. i still prefer to do it the old school way where you take pen a and pen and paper or a paint brush and colors and you paint on a canvas That's wonderful. And you have that artistic flair. It sounds like your daughter has that. How did you discover her interest in this area? For her it was very obvious. As uh, typical parents, especially I would mm. say Asian parents, we tend to want our kids to do well in specific subjects like maths mm-hmm. and science and some of those. But in her case, no matter how much we try to encourage her or motivate her to do maths, she still always fell back to drawing and painting and mm. listening to music she also likes music a lot and she's been doing that for many years not just now so she's been doing that since she was 3 or 4 mm. and it was obvious to us that that's the area that she likes now we have come to the point where we encourage her to do that and let her spend time being creative building things she also likes doing 3d 3d oh. painting we got wow. her a 3d printer so she likes you know experimenting and playing around right right Nice, that's wonderful. And well, I guess Garth, they always say your first and your second, or rather, if you have multiple children, they always turn out to be very different. So, how does it look like for your son? Does he have this artistic flair, or is his interest somewhere else? Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I think he's the complete opposite. Okay. So he actually likes. He's very loud. First of all, <laughs> so my daughter is on the quieter side. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say her nature is similar to mine. That's how I was and still am. to right. a lot of extent but in my son's case he's loud he is he wants to be in the middle of a crowd and he's very sporty mm-hmm. and so he likes to run around play in the playground in terms of what he likes he likes building things so he likes lego yeah. for example he likes playing with cars 
like building tracks wow. of cars and all of that. So his interests are very different from her. I see, I see. And so what have you learned? Because of course, you started parenting your daughter first, then your son came along. Growing through this journey with two very different children, growing up under the same household, what are some of the takeaways, or your reflections as a parent on that? Yeah, you're right. We, as parents, after the first one, we assume that the second one will be a breather. It'll just be easy. But in our case, it wasn't the case, but it was for a good reason. Actually, we really enjoyed watching both of them grow in their own Mm. way. In fact, even in their eating habits, my daughter is a fussy eater, but my son is not. So some things worked out well with him. It was positive. It was really nice to see that he likes to try different cuisines and different tastes. And that influenced her in a positive way also. So what we learned as parents was it's great to have diversity within your family and the children learn from each other and they get influenced by each other as well. Absolutely. There's almost that exchange of minds. Okay, you mentioned fussy eating. I have to double click into that. Tell us a bit more about what that looks like and how you are addressing it. Well, that's going to be something that I'm going to charge you for. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But yeah, my daughter is a fuzzy eater, has always been a fuzzy eater. Mm. She likes some things. So we are Indian and we mostly eat Indian cuisine at home. And we're also vegetarians, so we don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of options from that perspective. So one, she has a very limited menu that she likes. And second, she takes a long time when she is at the table. She would take sometimes an hour, two hours to finish her meal. Wow. And so earlier when she was young, one mistake that we did make was we let her, because she was a fussy eater, we allowed her to watch, let's say, something on YouTube or a tablet or screen just to help her finish her meal. Yep. But we realized that that didn't really help in the end because she's still a fussy eater. (laughs) It hasn't really helped us. So in our son's case, we didn't do that. We consciously avoided that. Mm. I don't know if that was a solution or he just turned out to be different. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is that there's no, we've concluded that there's no solution to it. Mm. I mean, what we try to do is just try to give her what she likes most of the time, but also encourage her to try to something different from time to time. Right, 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 right. So maybe can you share what are the things that she loves to eat and what are the things that she wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole? So she loves pasta. So she likes things like pasta, pizza. She likes some Indian foods as well, some specific ones, but she mostly likes fast food. So if you give her a packet of chips, she'll probably finish it up quickly. Okay. And vegetables? No. She doesn't like vegetables, except for a couple, but most of the vegetables she stays away from. She also doesn't like fruits as much, except for a couple. Okay, okay. But it sounds like you are pretty understanding and you don't really come down hard on her, which is nice. It doesn't work. I mean, that's what I've come to realize over the years that it doesn't really work. It just creates stress for us Mm -hmm. and for her. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really help. So we are just trying to take it easy with her in that sense. And in fact, when I talk to my parents, they tell me that my sister was a fussy eater. So apparently my daughter has taken on some of those traits from my sister. (laughs) (laughs) And so my mom tells me that don't worry about it. Just let her be who she is. She'll come around it when she grows. Got it. Thanks for sharing that. Now, Gaurav, you had a very colorful career. So maybe for the benefit of our audience, can you take us very quickly through your career? And then also, when you first became a dad, where were you in your career? Sure. Maybe what I can do is I can just share the most interesting parts of my career because I don't want to go into a rabbit hole. So I spent a fair bit of my time with Adobe Systems, which I think a lot of people know is the creator of PDF and Photoshop Mm -hmm. and This was back in India. So I was working with Adobe in India. I started my career as a software engineer building features. 
for their desktop software on Unix, on Windows and Mac. And then later on, I moved into management position. Mm -hmm. I started leading the mobile readers team. That was the first team at Adobe that built something on mobile. And that was the time when the smartphones had just come around, iPhone and Android. So that was definitely an important part of my career because I was experiencing a completely new domain, like mobile and smartphones. I think that is also the time when I got married. Mm -hmm. So my daughter was born around the time when I was involved in the mobile readers at Adobe. And then I took on an opportunity to move to Singapore with Autodesk, where I'm currently working. So we moved in 2014. And here I got again an opportunity to work on something different. This was a new project that the company was launching in the middle of Mm -hmm. their transformation to the subscription model. Mm-hmm. And so I started a team here. We built lots of great stuff and released it. And over the years, I've moved on and grown in my career. I'm currently managing the what we call the delivery platform, which yep. is supporting all the subscription customers to get access to their Autodesk products. Mm-hmm. And my son was born, in fact, I think a year after we moved to Singapore. So at that time, I was in my first year at Autodesk in Singapore. Yeah. And as I said earlier, he just happened. It wasn't planned. And, but I think it turned out really well for us. And in terms of uh, career, I've also built a number of things on the side. So mm-hmm. I've built platforms. I've built mobile apps. I've also done some experimentation with e-commerce early on in my career. I built a site and I sold it off for a profit. So I've done some of that and I continue to do that. I have some projects lined up this year. Nice. But yeah, I keep myself busy outside of my work as well as outside of my family as much as I can get time for. That's wonderful. Okay, so I got to dial back a bit to the point when your son was born. That's when you, I guess, just moved to Singapore, settling down, settling also in a new career. Looking back, you mentioned it worked out well. But at that point, was there any fear or concern that, oh, my career might be slightly affected, right? given that I have this newborn and I'm still adjusting to all of this. What were any of these challenges or these concerns? I feel that we were lucky. My wife actually mm. decided to take a break when we moved uh. to Singapore. So she was working. She's also in the software industry. In fact, she happens to be working in Autodesk currently. Nice. <laughs> it's a mere coincidence. It's not planned. Mm. But when we moved to Singapore, she took a break. And I think that really, really worked out well for us. And that was the primary reason because she was at home and she was able to manage that phase, the first few years of my son being born and growing up. And that mm-hmm. really helped me in keeping me from being distracted as much. So I want to thank her right. for that. Now she's back in the workforce. Both the kids have grown up and now we're able to take care of them and manage it. Nice. What was the decision for her to come back into the workforce? Because I'm sure that was not just one decision or that just happened one day. It was probably quite a lengthy conversation decision between you two. So could you give us some insight? Because I think some of the parents on this call might be interested on how that looks like. Yeah, it was not an easy decision. Mm. One thing I've heard, and I've also heard this from lots of my friends. In fact, my sisters who lives in the US, she went through a similar phase several years ago. What I hear is that you want to take a break, but then once you're in the break, you want to come back. So it only lasts as long. Yeah. So I think in, in my wife's case, what happened was she took the break. My son was growing and she took care of the family. But within a few years, then she started to feel that maybe she needs to be doing something and she started getting bored. Right. And she had the skills and she wanted to use those skills to do something. Yep. And so that yearning started for her. And then she gradually started looking out and came back. 
Got it, got it. Tell me, of all the companies out there, her lending at Autodesk, how did that happen? <laughs> so this was not the first company. So she's worked in other companies in Singapore before she mm-hmm. came here. I think, as I said earlier, it was a coincidence. It just happened that way. Yep. Autodesk is a great company. And she knows that for sure because I'm here and I'm a testament to that. And so from a culture standpoint, it was perfect for her. And mm. I encouraged her to try when there were positions and she tried and she got an opportunity. Very nice, very nice. So maybe on that note, especially also because you're leading teams at Autodesk, could you talk to us a bit more about work-life balance and also engineering that for yourself, followed by your team? Yeah, so work-life balance is actually, at least for Autodesk, it's a big priority and it Mm -hmm. is part of the culture code at Autodesk. And I do the same for my teams. So yes, we go through a lot of stressful times. We have back-to-back releases. We need to work extra hours from time to time. But we also then encourage and give time off to our teams and employees so that they can relax and rejuvenate and come back. Recently, what we have done at Autodesk is also we have moved to a hybrid model Mm. in response to the pandemic. So earlier, we used to have dedicated seats and used to be in the office five days a week. But now we moved to a hybrid model where you can decide if you want to go to work to the office or not. You don't have a dedicated desk anymore and you can just book it and you can on demand and then you can go to work maybe once or twice a week as works best for you. So I think these are some of the policies at a company and organization level that have really helped Mm -hmm. to keep the work-life balance in mind. And also we have learned a lot through the pandemic. We may not have imagined going into this mode earlier, but I think the pandemic has taught us a lot. Got it. So much, maybe one thing you have learned from this pandemic, being a leader in this hybrid work setting. Yeah. Well, one thing I've definitely learned is that it is possible to work in this environment Mm. where everybody's working remotely. Not that it is perfect. I do Mm. feel that at least as a leader, always sitting in front of a screen and talking to the screen is not the same as meeting your team members face to face in the office. But the pandemic has definitely taught us that it is possible. It's not something that is unthinkable, which I feel the hybrid model is perfect, where you're able to meet your team members once in a while, but at the same time, you're still working in a hybrid model where you're working remotely as well as from the office. So I think that is definitely a learning for me, which I was not anticipating before the pandemic. Mm. And one of the things that I also have heard, I'm curious to hear whether you go through this, it's the blurring of work-life boundaries. Because like as we speak right now, you are in front of a screen, but you're at home and it's so easy to plop yourself back down and just get back to work after dinner. How does that look like? Did you face any challenges with it and what worked for you? This could be very individualistic. And so I'll tell you what works for me. For me, I have seen some people who have their child on their lap and they'll join a meeting and it's all fun. But honestly, that doesn't work for me. So Mm. if I have my son on my lap and I'm in this call, I will not be able to participate in either of those (laughs) areas. So what I like to do is I like to plan my day in a way that I carve out some time for work and Mm. I carve out some time for spending with the family or if I want to go for a run or whatever it is, I have an allocated time for it because that way I can focus on that completely. And that also gives me a chance to balance work life. Being at home, Mm. it's easier to do that also because in the middle of the day, I can go for a half an hour run if I want to, which is not possible if I'm going to work. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that flexibility, but I think what you pointed out is also very interesting. The idea of almost not multitasking and being present with whatever you are. Where you work, it's work. Where you have a family, it's family. So perhaps what is one other productivity hack that you like as a dad, as a tech leader, something that you use to make yourself more efficient? So I like to plan ahead in terms Mm. of, I think I mentioned that, but 
I like to plan my weeks and my days. So okay. rather than having things in my mind, I have a list of things that I want to do. I slot my calendar or have a list of prioritized items. And then during the day, I just execute so that right. I don't have to worry about, okay, what's next or what did I forget or who did I need to call or mm. and so on and so forth. That to me has worked really well for me. In fact, I'm also training my daughter to adopt some of that. I was going to ask that. Okay. <laughs> And she likes it too. What she likes about some of these to-do checklists is the fact that when she gets it done, you can check it off and then it just disappears and it gives you a nice feeling. So she's enjoying it as well. And how about for your son? Have you started? Have you tried? Not <laughs> yet. Not yet. I think he's a bit young for that, but probably mm. when he grows, I'll probably groom him to that as well. So if I had to ask you, Gaurav, over the past, let's say one year, what do you think is the biggest parenting challenge that you have had to face thus far? Biggest parenting challenge, I think there's lots of challenges that we face every day. One thing that I find challenging for sure is managing expectations of the kids these days, Mm. especially with the advent of uh, the devices, access to online games. So there's just a lot of access, easy access to information, and some of it may not be appropriate also for the children. So that's one of the biggest challenges that I feel we're facing. And it's kind of a balance we need to maintain because Mm -hmm. we also don't want to restrict our children because their classmates are doing it and they have access and so on and so forth. And it's also, I feel that all these tools, the same tools are also actually pretty useful if you use them in the right way. So for example, Mm -hmm. the child could be spending an hour on YouTube watching some music video or they could actually be watching some interesting area of interest which might increase their knowledge right so that's i think one of the biggest challenges as parents where how mm-hmm. do you balance that how do you make sure your child doesn't feel that they are being restricted but at yes. the same time you know doing the right thing as a parent yes yes so where has that balance been sought and found by you in terms of let's say screen time that sounds like a big problem especially tech is so prevalent around us Yeah, that continues to be one of the challenges. One thing that we have agreed on in the house is, so we have agreed on some free time, fixed free time every day for the kids. And there are some conditions that the kids need to complete, for example, their homework, they need to complete any pending assignments. And after that, they will get a dedicated hour of free time. Mm. And they need to be in bed at a certain time. So those are some of the conditions we have put, but it's flexible. It's not very strongly enforced. That works more or less. Sometimes it doesn't, but we work around that. (laughs) You try your best. Okay, so let's talk about when it doesn't. That's when the topic of disciplining punishment comes in. What's your approach towards that? That's a tricky one. As parents, we want to discipline our kids, but I always stop short of it. The way I Mm. want to do it is I want to encourage my kids to look for something positive. So for example, if they don't follow a certain routine that was agreed Mm. on, then maybe Mm. they will not get something that they wanted to get. Rather than punishing them, they need to work, they need to prove that they are disciplined and then they will get that, maybe they'll get a pocket money or they'll get that one thing that they wanted to buy from the store. So something to motivate them to work and be disciplined, that has worked for Mm. us. Although, yes, we do get tempted to punish them from time to time, but we try not to as much as possible. It sounds like the carrot works better than Than the stick stick in this case. Yeah. 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 And all of this parenting, learning how to parent over the past 11 years, where do you get your source of knowledge from? I guess one way is, of course, you could figure it out. Does it come from your parents, your in-laws, advice on the internet? Where do you consume and absorb all of this knowledge? 
It's a combination of everything that you just mentioned. Okay. There's no one source for it. We talk to other parents, friends, we're all in similar age groups and we have kids of the same age. So we talk, yeah. we get advice from our parents, mm. I talk to my sisters, they have slightly older kids. And yeah, it's a combination of all that wealth of knowledge. And then we <laughs> process that knowledge and come up with a magical formula and then we apply it. <laughs> nice. So I would like to ask, what is perhaps one thing that you heard and after you tried, you maybe realize, ah, doesn't work so well for me. One of the things that we heard and we talked about my daughter being a fussy eater. Yes. One thing that I'd heard was don't give them anything to eat if they're not mm. eating. So, I mean, Her let it be. Yep. She's not eating this. It's okay. She will yep. feel hungry at some point. And we tried that, actually. It was difficult not to give anything to our daughter to eat. But what we realized that it wasn't working. Mm. And she, even after a day of not eating, she was still not hungry. She was not asking for food. And so we thought, <laughs> no, this is not working. We scrapped it and we went back to normal. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think after one day of not eating, that, that starts to get quite unhealthy. And so... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And Gaurav, you also mentioned how you pursue these side projects, some of which, of course, turn to businesses and one you even sold off. How do you find the time to do this while balancing work and family? Yeah, it's very difficult. I like to keep myself busy a lot of times. So as I said, I plan things. Even my weekends are planned. I know it might sound a bit uh, absurd, but I like to do it that way. Sometimes I like to keep myself completely free. But for example, I like to go to the libraries, sit there for a few hours and work on something right. just for fun, because that gives me some encouragement and motivation. I am an early riser. So sometimes mm. I work early in the morning or maybe late in the evenings. So I have this inner motivation to continue to do something or to learn something. And yep. I'm able to find the time. I feel like we are able to find time if we are motivated enough to find it. So yeah, I'm able to find my time by doing that. Agreed. Agreed. I remember someone once said, it's not that you don't have time. It's just not your priority, right? Exactly. That's, that's, that's right. I yeah. agree with that. So what is something that you're learning on these days? What is a topic and area that's of interest and piques your curiosity? So one area that I'm spending a lot of time these days, I'm reading a lot of books on leadership and business. Mm. And so this is obviously even directly applicable in my current role. I'm managing teams and it applies. So I'm reading a lot in that topic. I'm watching a lot of videos. Okay. I have some ideas that I want to translate into something concrete. I cannot disclose them in this call right now. But, For sure. But yeah, this is an area that fascinates me. How we can build engaged teams, how we can build a successful business by mm. keeping the motivation of the teams at a really high level, mm. how to lead in the right way, because we've all met bosses, some good, some bad. So how you can be a good boss, those kinds of topics are of real interest to me. Currently. Okay, so book or video recommendation, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Great at Work is a really good book. I like Start With Why by mm. Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. It's one of my favorites. Yep. I also like classics like Stephen Covey's Seven Habits. Yeah, I also read a lot of finance books like Peter Lynch. But yeah, I think I like to read a lot, mostly the most popular bestseller books, because I trust the reviews of all the other readers who read them. Mm -hmm. And I also like to gift these books to my teams from time to time. So every quarter, I gift a book, which I wow. found really interesting. So my teams can also learn and grow. Got it. So on the topic of books, let's say in time to come, you are able to write a book for your children what would be in that book? Wow, for my children. So by the time I write it, they'll probably be grown-ups. <laughs> <But, laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe it'll be a reflection. It'll be reflections. The way I see my story, it'll probably be a, my story, my life story. Mm. So it'll be probably the cusp of moving from a non-tech or the career or the transition for a software engineer from mm-hmm. pre-internet to post-internet to post-smartphones and what that meant for me. And mm-hmm. I think that might be of interest to them because they haven't seen the pre-internet or the pre-smartphone era. So that might be of interest to them. Got it. So Gaurav, to sum up our conversation for today, if there's one lesson you have learned as a parent in tech, what might that be? So one lesson I've learned, I think, is that it's really hard especially for a parent in tech to work from home. And the reason for that is Mm. that as tech parents, we are able to work from home. So the very fact that we are able to work literally from anywhere in the world with a laptop, that kind of comes with its own cost where it becomes difficult for us to actually completely cut off. I know some people who are in not tech environment where they need to be in the office in order to work. And so for them, it's much easier to manage work-life balance. But for parents in tech, it can be difficult, especially because you are able to work from home. And then you have, especially in the pandemic, you have kids and family roaming around and it's really difficult to concentrate. So I think that's one lesson that I feel is difficult for parents in tech. Yeah. For example, if you're a chef, there's no such thing as virtual work. You have to be in the kitchen and it's very clear when you're out of it, out of your chef whites, you're just there. But I agree that for us, the line is so much blurred. Cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing about that, Gaurav. This is really enjoyable speaking with you. If our audience would like to connect with you, how can they best do so? Yeah, it was really enjoyable connecting with you as well. Thanks for having me. I am usually available on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to connect with me, they can follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm also happy to meet people in person if they have some interesting ideas in, let's say, tech or business. Happy to connect. Sure, we'll do so. And we'll include your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Gaurav, on the show today. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you, Kenan. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Parents in Tech podcast with me, your host, Tsingen. We hope you were inspired on how to raise kids and build companies. To catch up on earlier episodes or stay updated with upcoming ones, head over to www parents.fm to join our community of parents in tech. There, you can also drop me a question, idea, feedback, or suggestion. Once again, the website is www.parents.fm. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.